0: Hey, free for a catch-up. Hey, okay, welcome to Free for Catch-Up, the podcast that digs a little deeper. I'm Amanda. And I'm Esther. And today we would we would like to discuss how do you have meaningful conversations? Because so this is a really, uh, a topic that Esther and I are both super interested in. Uh, we love talking about... Talking. Talking. <laughs> Esther loves talking. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Argue that Amanda loves talking just I as don't much. I really love talking. Just maybe not such a loud volume. Yeah. But,
0: but, but I, I do. Act- sorry, sorry. Did, I,
1: did I tell you that I was shocked to learn that you were an introvert? When you first told me that. I really? Like, yeah. Why? Because I, I guess I just associated people who were like people, 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 persons to be extroverted. Mm. But that's not the case since I've learned what an actual extrovert is. Yeah. You draw energy from people. Yeah.
0: It's not that I don't enjoy being around people, I became less. Extrovert over time, I was like- definitely more extroverted. I'm an extroverted introvert, <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, but I'm definitely more
0: now, uh, uh, more of an introverted introvert. Mm. But anyway, the point is that I do love communication and the whole concept of it and how people communicate, whether that's verbal, nonverbal, um, also crafting the messages, what words you use, um, timing, all of that stuff is super interesting
1: to me. So it's my interest. Yeah, I don't know where my interest came from. Maybe it's just from just being a chatterbox. I don't know. I'm like, how do I talk so people don't get sick of me?
0: I'm not sure. I don't think people get sick of you. I am always so amazed at the fact that you can hold conversations for over an hour, sometimes two.
1: That's not even that. Sometimes long. three, <laughs> and late into the night. It depends on who I'm talking to. But yeah, no, I have. That is a that is a comment that I think it comes more from introverted people saying that to me. Because I think they're like, if you're also quite like, if you're a conversationist and you like talking, you, you don't realize, oh, you like two hours, it's like nothing. But it's people who are like quite driven, they're like, how does one speak for that long? Like, I
0: don't know. So, anyway, why is this important? Why are we, why are we talking about it? Besides <laughs> the fact that we have a vested interest, um, there's a song, um, an old song from the 50s. <laughs> <laughs> really um, By 10cc, it's called The Things We Do for Love. And there's a Aww. line in there which goes, communication is the problem to the answer. And I mm. I really am – I think that's so true. Because where there's people, there's problems. And why? Because of poor communication. Yeah. yeah. We listened to a TED Talk, which mm-hmm. you've also um, put a blog post about on your, yes, on your blog. Yes, I was
1: so inspired by it that I did actually write a, a blog post about it called 10 Simple Ways to Have Better Conversations.
0: Yeah, so it's by this lady called Celeste Tedley. And she has actually a, a, a great um, – series of, of TED Talks. Mm. Um, but yeah, when you told me to watch it, I was like, oh, this is amazing. It's did I tell ma- you to watch yeah, it? Yeah, you did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then I watched it and I was like, oh, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah, like it was great. Think, again, just thinking about communication differently.
1: Mm. And she's, um, for people who don't know, she's like a journalist slash uh, interviewer, So she talks to people for a living. Mm. So she's legit. I think. <laughs> that's her backup. <laughs> exactly. It's her job to be able to hold a conversation and also to ask questions that elicit specific responses from her interviewees. And that's her professional job, which I think she's since left behind. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. So in that particular TED Talk, which uh, I think everyone should go and watch if you're interested in learning about how to have better conversations, she lists 10 ways in which you can uh, be a better conversationalist. And so I'll start with a fun fact just because I'm, I'm. <laughs> it's a fun fact that I put in the blog post as well. How many words a day do you think we speak, Amanda? <laughs> just, <sighs> just a ballpark figure. Oh, words a day. Yeah. 8,000? <laughs> no, it's, it's, wow, that's exactly half of what the actual answer is. It's 16,000. So that's uh, a lot of words. I mean, that's just the average person. So maybe some people speak more words than that or less than that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah, anyway, it's interesting because uh, that's an interesting fact because like whilst we might say 16,000 words, like how many of those words are being used to actually foster connections with people or to actually communicate what you want to be said, a lot of it might just be, you know, jibber-jabber <laughs> or, or- um, and so, and you know, it is a basic societal need to be able to hold conversations and it's, it's not something that a lot of people are taught and a lot of a lot of people are conscious about whether they're um, doing it or going about it in the most um, effective manner. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also wrote in the post that like conversing with people should be, it shouldn't just be an exchange of words. It should be an exchange of viewpoints, paradigms, ideas, and your emotions. Yep. So that that is the key function of communication. If you go into it thinking that, then uh, you will put more thought into the way you communicate. And the reason for this as well is because, as we mentioned before, people come
0: from different backgrounds mm-hmm. and they have different understandings context. and context. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is as well, this is another word. So context, that's the whole point of conversation, right? Mm. To, to understand other people's context. Because if you don't and you don't understand where they're coming from, then things get taken out of context and then they get misunderstood.
1: Yes. So it's about all about communicating not just the words, but the context. Because communication is the way in which your context is, is made known and communicated. To <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. And also, uh, I read something that a journalist wrote that uh, they said that conversational competence is the single most overlooked skill in the 21st century. Uh, because we rely on technology so much for communication that wow. we forget how to speak to people. <laughs> okay. I mean, most people don't use their phones for, phone for calls talking, anymore. Yeah. It's crazy. It's pretty crazy. So the first way that Celeste Headley uh, lists is to not multitask. Mm. So uh, when she said this, I was like, I mean, you know, obviously no one likes it when you start talking to them and they're just like start looking at their phone or like <laughs> us. I start like darting around. But what she means by not multitasking, it goes beyond just that. It means uh, not being fully present in the moment. So if, for example, in the middle of this podcast and I'm talking to you and you're like, hmm. What should I eat for dinner? I don't know. Something something random. So if you're not truly engaged in conversation with someone, you begin multitasking, begin thinking about other things that aren't relevant, letting your mind wander. And Celeste says she has this piece of hard-hitting advice. She said, if you want to get out of conversation, just get out of it. <laughs> don't be half in it and half out of it because it's disrespectful. Wow. Yep. I feel like I'm lecturing a small child. But <laughs> <laughs> but it's not,
0: it's not awareness, right? Like if you... Some people think that it's probably, it's it's less
1: confronting. to, to it's just be, not in agreement. Yeah. You're like, I'm not even, you're just like not even. <laughs> but I think the other person can tell. Yeah, that's true. Do you have much experience with this? Or does this annoy you when people like, when you can tell people are distracted?
0: Well, I think that that comes with um, understanding like nonverbal language though. like uh. I think I can understand, I like, can read people's body language quite well. So I can tell when they're not interested in what I'm saying and then I I will then either adjust what I'm saying or try and re-engage them in other ways. Yeah. But I think the other way around, maybe if I'm showing disinterest, I think because I'm an open book, it's quite <laughs> a obvious. Good yeah. Amanda's not listening to me
1: anymore. <laughs> I, just, I don't know if that's a good thing or okay. not. No, it's good. It's good. Okay, so the second one is don't pontificate. Mm-hmm. So and actually when she raised this point – Um, she actually, she, she said something about a blog that I found slightly offensive, but that's okay. She was like, she was like, you know, if, if you want to just have a medium where you just speak and you don't want any feedback, just write a blog. I was like, (laughs) I mean, she's not wrong. I don't, it's not too directional, but like, um, so so like pontification basically is when someone comes into a conversation and they, they think they know everything and aren't willing to learn Mm. anything from you. And she said that we should enter every conversation assuming that we have something to learn from the other person, no matter what it is. And this requires us to set aside ourselves to some extent. Yeah. So, and also when, when the other, other like, I don't know if you've ever had a conversation with someone where they are, like when they do pontificate and hmm. and you feel like they don't really care what you have to say. They're just saying it because they want to show off. So... And when you do that, you become less receptive to what they have to say and you're not willing to kind of really divulge your own kind of opinion because you think it's just going to either get shot down or they don't actually care. So, yeah, so she said, she summarized this by saying, um, there's a quote by Bill Nye, who's quite famous scientist. (laughs) He said, everyone you ever meet knows something that you don't. So no one knows everything about everything. So you should always set aside yourself when you're speaking to someone and learn from them because if you don't – if your mind's not open initially, how are you ever going to learn from them? So, yeah. Okay, the
0: third one, and this is something – that it's an active listening skill. So mm-hmm. this is one I really, really <laughs> encourage, uh, is to use open-ended questions. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of the time people – just, uh, it's easier to come up with yes or no questions mm. and then that's very, it can kind of shut the conversation down really quickly um, but so she has encouraged you to take cues from the way that journalists are trained to ask questions, mm. so something that we learned in primary school, the five mm. W's and the one H so when, who, what, where, why and how mm-hmm. um, and I think even beyond that it's like asking people for their opinion, mm. like what do you think of this or what um, have you experienced this then that that really opens up um, their ability to tra- like I think of it as like a to give you something of value in the transaction that you're mm. you're saying. Mm.
1: Yeah, and asking open air questions forces them to think. I think if you just ask them superficial stuff, they be like, oh, okay. And actually, in the book that we talked about a couple episodes ago, so mm. the Chris Voss book, the Never Split the Difference. So he actually hones this um, down even further. So I know we we said for the five Hs and uh, sorry the five Ws and the one H. He said, generally speaking, it's better to ask um, or lead a question with how and what, as opposed to the other the other ones. Mm. So, because they're more inviting, they 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 kind of in, invite more um, elaborate responses rather than you know yeah. Have you heard of um, motivational interviewing
0: as a technique? No, what is that? Oh, okay, it's mainly. I think it's uh very big in clin- for clinicians like health professionals. Oh. So especially when they're talking to patients or they're trying to um get them to have certain behaviors so, or motivate them to think about their lifestyle and their health.
1: Is there a, like a technique?
0: Yeah. So oh. it, it, it's it's as it sounds. You're it's motivational. So you do use a lot of um. It's a lot of listening to what. Uh, inviting them to tell their story and then feeding back. So you repeat things like phrases and, Oh, I just want to make sure that this is what you mean when you said this, or what I'm hearing is that you are enjoying your lifestyle Mm. because Mm. of this and this. Mm -hmm. And then you, by, um, by doing that, that, that tells them that you're listening and then B it also reinforces or enables them to kind of refine their thinking mm, process. Mm. And one of the interesting things was uh, they said, when you do motivational interviewing, try and avoid asking why. Yeah. Because mm. then that actually invites them to give excuses or like come up with a defense. So if you're like, oh, why, uh, why don't you find enough time to do exercise? Yeah, I'm like just going to why don't you exercise more? <laughs> yeah. Literally what Exactly. Goes, right? So then they'll be like, oh, I just don't have time, blah, blah, blah. And then that just shuts down, like yeah. uh, their ability to be open. So, yeah, it's I guess it just depends, like,
1: on the scenario, mm. whether you use. that. That's actually a harder skill than people might appreciate, I think. Yeah. Because you don't practice. It'd be weird to just be like, let me just think of some, well, some people do. Some people have boxes <laughs> of questions. Yes. <laughs> Multiple questions. But most people don't. So, yeah, I mean, if you're not, like, if you're not sort of knowing how to ask open-ended questions, you can always read books <laughs> or become more educated about that because um... I, that I think I can improve on, perhaps. Oh. I don't know, because I I talk a lot, but I ask <laughs> questions. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> <what> I say. <laughs> so the fourth one is to go with the flow, and whilst that might sound like something that only hipsters and hippies say, it's very relevant, uh, and I would say that of the list, this is probably the one that uh, I actively keep in my head for almost every conversation. So it's probably changed every conversation I've had since, wow. so no pressure. Wow. <laughs> So going with the flow means to let thoughts come and go whilst having a conversation. Cause I think the tendency is to want to, um, if you have a pressing thing, you want to say, you just interject and we all know how I feel about interjection, <laughs> It's my pet peeve. So you, it's important to realize that like, no matter how brilliant the idea that we think we have <laughs> is, um, like don't like. We don't always have to get that out if it comes at the expense of conversational flow and if you're cutting someone off. Um, unless There's obviously, you know, exceptions to this, this rule. But, you know, if, even, even if it's not like getting it out, if you, you're holding that thought in your head whilst the other person is talking, it actually impedes your own ability yeah. to really invest all your attention to what they're saying. So just the holding on to that idea is um is not great. So you yeah, at that point we're no longer listening, we're just hearing them and like waiting for like a gap. Like, yeah. We're gonna get this out. <laughs> so um Celeste encourages us to just let ideas and stories come and go. Because it's okay that you don't tell them this specific thing at the specific moment. Yeah. Un- unless I guess it's very important. But that's again that's subjective. Yeah, this has literally changed my conversations because I'll I'll be engaged in conversation and in the past I might have just interjected, but in now I'm like let it go. And if it comes back around, then I'll mm. just bring it up then and not at the expense of there. Because if you do that, you're kind of making it clear that you think that what you have to say is yeah, more, important more important than them you. and it's not. More often than not. So.
0: <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a good yeah. one. Because I, th- yeah, yeah, I can I definitely feel the lack of um, attention when when I've got, oh, okay, think about something that i to try to say to the other mm. person.
1: <laughs> you're you're already, it's multitasking. Yeah. You're holding on to your own idea. Yeah,
0: yeah. You're like, Whilst trying to listen <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> so, oh, it's, not, so it's not quite fair to be I love this next one. Oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> literally if you don't know say you don't know because mm. well I think that fear of admitting to that we don't know something puts us at a disadvantage perhaps mm. um, so but uh, as you said before not everybody knows everything so there's no no harm in
1: admitting that yeah def- definitely so yeah so because she's a, a radio show host mm. and she was saying like when she interviews people Like, they'll just sort of be chatting, like, before the interview starts. Like, they'll pretend like they know something. And then as soon as it starts recording, they're like, oh, actually, I don't know. (laughs) So she's like, um, people suddenly start to steer, like, air on the side of caution when they know they're going to go on the record. Yeah. So if you just pretend like you're always on the record, (laughs) then you won't just pretend like you're an expert when you're not. (laughs) Have you heard of the Hawthorne effect? Yeah I, yeah, I have. So I basically,
0: have. like, when you change your behavior, when you are when you know that someone's watching you, like, yeah. people
1: are listening to what you're saying. Yeah. It's basically, like, like right now. <laughs> yeah. And talk should not be cheap. So we need to put value to our own work. <laughs> so number six is don't always equate your experience with this. So, like, I think it's quite natural for us, like, if someone has or relays an experience that we kind of come in with a similar experience of our own and I think that's that's fine but in this case she's like sometimes like sometimes it does enhance that connection but sometimes that person might be like oh you know you always turn the conversation back around on you Mm. so um we all know that one friend who always just turns the conversation back on them no matter how obscure the segue and I'm just like how are we back to talking about you again anyway (laughs) (laughs) and then she says and I know that when you I think when I uh, you might have like screenshot it or mm. you might have sent this to me after you listened to the TED talk but conversation should not be a promotional opportunity uh, yeah, we're yeah. not selling ourselves
0: Yeah, especially if you're talking with friends and like you want to get to a meaningful conversation Yeah, exactly. it's not a promotional piece <laughs> number 7 is try not to repeat
1: yourself <laughs> <laughs> I don't know do you do this? do you find that like, you repeat yourself often? I think I repeat myself to emphasise things and I, I might repeat myself to different people but I don't. I don't actively think about this one. Do you?
0: I don't I, no, I don't think I. I don't think I repeat <laughs> yeah, yeah. myself.
1: <laughs> but I, I. Or do you have experiences of where people do repeat themselves? Because I. I. I have ex- had experiences with that before, and it gets annoying. Yeah. <laughs> very annoying. Very quickly. Why do so, you think they do that, though? I, I think they want to make like they want to emphasize their point, but then like. Like when you can see the other person's like oh yeah, yeah, I've heard this before. Then you should just stop saying it. Even I think they can't help themselves. <laughs> and I'm sure people have experiences with their parents. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You know. But that's isn't that a little bit different, though.
0: I yeah, it's like, true no. when they're trying. <laughs> yeah. Um. True. Actually, that just reminded me. Um. So. Rob was telling me, so you know how we had Rob yeah, on yeah. last time. Yep. <laughs> he actually told me, so before he came on, he was saying that he, uh, is, he, he wants to be more conscious of the fact that, so when you and I speak to each other uh-huh. and we um, say something and then you want to acknowledge that you've heard it, you will make anno- you will say, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes, like what I'm yep, doing, right what now. doing right now. Yep. Um, really? And so he's saying that's very common between females. So oh. we actually acknowledge each other mm-hmm. by saying yes or okay, the, or making, like the affirmation words. Yeah, yeah. Whereas for males, uh, apparently oh. <laughs> they don't—they don't necessarily indicate that they have heard something, so they don't make any noise. It's only they'll only say yes or okay if they agree with it. So he was saying like, so he when he came onto the podcast, he wanted to be sure that he acknowledged us by oh. saying, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, but he was saying like, in, so that's why a lot of couples like the. The female will be there, like telling the male a story or, or something, like giving them instructions. And because males, they don't necessarily acknowledge that they've um, heard or understood with any kind of sound.
1: Even, even like, what about nonverbal, like nodding of the head? No? Not I even don't know. That? Maybe, maybe,
0: um, probably not, because then to them, a nod is like an agree- agreement. So it could be uh, telling, I don't know, a girl telling a guy, all right, so later on, can you wash yeah, the dishes? Or yeah. like, and they won't say anything to acknowledge. I mean, then that's I agree weird with it. yeah so or or could just be like a story that they're telling and then so then the, in the girl's head they're like okay you haven't acknowledged that you've yeah. heard me so then they're going to repeat themselves over and over again and like say things multiple times and then to the guy they're just like why are you Stop telling it. me this i've already heard it like you don't need to repeat well, yourself so that's where like the bit of communication breakdown. and the, i thought that was really interesting because i never it, knew is that, that now
1: that you reflect is that is that the case for like the people that you speak to or like, i think so i think American? i mean
0: for, for traditional males or like if they're, if they're that's just the way that they communicate with each other and then
1: isn't that just how did they how do they commute like how do they know they're being heard then if there's no affirmation they just assume that oh, yeah he, he's heard me <laughs> all right bro let's <laughs> move on to the next topic i don't know maybe when we need that that's ask really you. interesting <laughs> yeah but
0: something to take note of so if like you're in a relationship or if you're married or something yeah to think about
1: mm, interesting well, okay is that up to me. It's like number 8. Yeah. So number 8 is stay out of the weeds. So this is in reference to not including every little minute minute detail of the story that you've that you want to tell the person. So um and she says here to focus more on what people need to know versus what you want them to know. And on the blog post, I use an example of, like, they want to go into, like, every little detail of every little thing that happened in the exact order. And, and by that time, the person's just like, I really, like, in their heads, they're like, I don't care, like, just get to the point. But, of course,
0: we're not rude enough to do. Do you think like, it has to do with, like, how, how good of a, how much of a storyteller you are? Like I have a friend that will recount every little, every detail. But Are you she's annoyed? So dramatic. No, I find it really fascinating. Uh,
1: um,
0: all right. And, well, and, but she she has that way of like exaggerating and building things up a little bit. So she's definitely one of those dramatizers. Like. Okay,
1: she's a real storyteller, even more than Brene Brown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you you. I, I'm sure everyone has had that experience where you you listen to someone and they're just like they're telling you just, and then we stopped at this, and then we stopped on the, and you're like. Okay. Yeah, on. Just please <laughs> move on.
0: Actually, I think I need to. Uh, I don't think. Okay, I'm a detailed person, and then I pay attention to details. Yes. Um, and sometimes that comes across, like when I'm sending emails in work for, for work, for example. Uh, so i have been making a conscious effort lately to to
1: be more succinct and like cut out I've unnecessary noticed things. This is something that you value being succinct and concise. I, yeah, it is. So I'm surprised that you would put superfluous information into things. I feel like you put a lot of thought into every word that you you say but even more when you when you type stuff well I think like m- intentional you know most people when they type they will type it like
0: they will say it <laughs> yeah that's true and that's not necessarily um <laughs> the best approach, <laughs> yeah, the best approach mm. because you tend to over you know mm. say say uh, excessive words <laughs> less is more yeah sometimes <laughs> and I think it's different as well when you're reading things on the screen like you're most I don't know I am a skim reader Mm-hmm. Are you a skim reader? Or do you oh, actually yeah. read every word.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's why right. people sometimes are frightened by the number of books I read. Yeah. Because like they're like, how do you read so exactly. much? like, give it? <laughs> yeah, me
0: too. But then they're like, how do, you, how do you know the details? I'm like,
1: are my eyes just, just, they're just pick it over? up and then they go? <laughs> I think it's it's a, it's a product or a function of um, reading a lot of journal articles when I was doing my like, PhD because I just had to churn out a lot of reading through a lot of journal articles. I can't sit there and read every single word. I mean, who has time for that? I would just never finish reading it. But then I wonder how much effort goes
0: into writing the journals. If they know that the people aren't going to read every single word.
1: Well, when I write stuff, I don't think that people are going to skim over it. It's it's quite delusional. Yeah, but it's probably
0: the case because even at my work, we nitpick every single word oh. that goes in because because that's our communications like our organisation ha- en- enacts behaviour change via communication tools. So written communication, primarily written, written but we've yeah. also got discussion guides because we've got people that do verbal engagement. Mm. But so that's why I, every single word is critiqued, and I we do. will spend a lot of time. half a meeting over whether we should say wow. um you know this is uh, the, the effect size is necessary to know or like yeah, it's just insane yeah. like how much effort but oh. yeah it's good to focus more on what they need to know
1: versus what you what you want them to know because mm. sometimes yeah it's not necessary <laughs> yes yes and always be conscious of people's body language like you said if they look like they're bored they're probably bored <laughs> so
0: number nine <laughs> i love number nine i'm gonna let you read the quote but i will say what it is because i've just been banging on about it so be brief
1: yeah very oh <laughs> that was it we're, we're living what we're yeah living in it
0: out. uh and so she's saying not saying that um you've written here not saying that all conversations need to be brief otherwise you can't like go into those mm. deep deep conversations mm. but it's i guess knowing when a brief conversation is appropriate yes And then the quote. So the quote, go ahead.
1: (laughs) So on the TED Talk, she actually said that this was something that her sister made up. I I found out later on that it's not. This is actually something that Winston Churchill said. So anyway, she lied. (laughs) So a good conversation is like a miniskirt, short enough to retain interest but long enough to cover the subject. (laughs) So let that be just a visual metaphor for when you're speaking to someone. (laughs) Um, And then on the post I wrote... um, we should all learn when it's appropriate to to reach for that miniskirt or that maxi dress. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The lucky last one is, well, I mean, uh, it's very appropriate that this is the the last one because it's actually derived from a particular um, habit principle by my favorite author, one of my favorite authors, Stephen Covey. So it's listen with the intent to understand, not with the intent to just reply. So in, in the actual TED Talk, um, Celeste re- lists reasons why most people don't, well, not most people, why some people fail to listen, listen during conversations. Mm. And she said that, I mean, maybe if you're not extroverted, but if, if you're the person, people who'd like to talk, you would rather talk because when you're talking, you're the one in control of the conversation and you can steer the direction of the conversation where you want and you're commanding their attention so that's one reason why people don't listen because they just simply would rather be talking (laughs) the second reason is we might fail to listen because we are distracted and um she spitted out this fact which i found quite interesting so the average person can listen Sorry, the average person speaks 150 to 180 words per minute Some people speak more than that, but I'm trying to speak slower. But we can listen to up to 500 words per minute. So, when we're we're, our minds are filling out the rest of the 320, 350 words during conversation. So, yeah, that's why paying attention takes effort, Mm, it does. It's like a conscious act. It's not a passive thing. Yeah. It's an a- active thing. And that
0: can, really pl- can be applied to everything. like yeah. Not just conversation. Like paying attention when you're doing work. Paying attention when you're driving. <laughs> paying attention when you need to like think about things. Yeah. yeah. Just be
1: a more active person. Literally. Mm. As well.
0: <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> so, no, I, I really like this one. It's great. This is the one that actually changed the oh, way okay. that I converse. Because mm-hmm. I was so... Uh, even... Earlier, I said to you that when I, whenever you say something, I'm actively trying to think of a, a reply in my head. Yeah, and then yeah. because of that, it's distracting me, and then I can't mm. fully process what you've said subsequently. So, listening with the intent to understand, not just reply, I think that's really, really important. Because, yeah, I have to admit that I don't know everything, and I don't know what you're trying to say. So, understanding what exactly it is, like the core mm. key message that you're trying to say to me, and hopefully, you can convey that so yeah. that I understand it.
1: Yeah, but because it's. Like fundamentally, because I think like if you only listen with the intent to understand and not reply, that would be a really dead conversation. Mm-mm-mm. But I think it's the understanding that comes first, and that's followed by the reply. So you're not formulating a reply in your head before you really understand what they're saying. And and the the like last few chapters, have you have you read Seven Habits? You've so of Yeah, like the last few chapters he talks about this it's a very like idyllic view of like his marriage with his wife but like <laughs> it's just like how they use communication to really understand each other's viewpoints in life and their paradigm it's mm. more that like the their own worldview and paradigm in life so if you don't understand that and how are you supposed to understand that without communicating yes so he was saying that when you like when you apply these principles that when you truly understand um someone else and you're able to empathize with them like that's, he was saying that's what the difference was in his, in his marriage. So Aww. it was very sweet. Yes. Oh, Stephen. <laughs> but it's so
0: true. And like, obviously being a married person, I yes. can also vouch for that. Like that, I, I, I would say like communication is so key and I, can't, mm. I I am flabbergasted when I hear like people don't talk on like a regular basis about every, okay. Not necessarily <laughs> everything, but about a lot of things, especially things, things that are important. Yeah. 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 Um, like your own vision your own goals like mm. how you're going even like even a, a brief recap of what happened at work like yeah because that's going to affect how you the mood that you're in when you come home mm. and that will
1: explain a lot of like why you're down or like what's ha- why are you so happy mm. and yeah it's just really interesting that I think generally speaking it comes more easily to women and I hate to keep bringing it back to uh, yeah, the gender like, right. yeah. like differences but it it comes more second nature to most women I would think or at least what the the communication bit yeah or... well i mean the, the common um apparently it's a myth it's not actually true but women speak what's well, like double or another <laughs> <double or> <laughs> words that men speak not not rob and not dixon though oh
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: some men, <laughs> <all> men. <laughs> yeah so but then i wonder like how do men communicate with each other like, now i can thinking about what you said about what rob said mm. it's like how had, had they they must understand each other or un- maybe you know. it's through,
0: um, but men tend to be more physical. So it could just be like a tap on the shoulder or like a punch or something. But like-
1: how does that convey their worldview? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. It's just, it, it just, it just, is kind of mind-boggling to mm. think about. But... Um, I don't know. if you, do you listen to
0: the Perf- Perfectly Imperfect podcast? I uh, used uh, to. Are they, are they
1: back? I, I... Uh, they came
0: back. Yeah. Um, and they just recently released an episode with uh, Christine's brother and fiance. Oh. So they were oh. talking about how like men... fiance. I don't. Okay. She's, yeah. She's. Okay. she's <laughs> I'm clearly behind. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah. But they were talking about how men. Uh, express emotion or lack thereof. Yeah. And that's just okay. because of like societal structure and also cultural oh. background and those expectations.
1: So I think it's definitely tied in with that. But mm. um, yeah, that's I don't curious. know how. It, it obviously is effective, whatever, because as in they still like operate in the world. So. But do they operate deeply? And, and isn't like, isn't there a stat that like, we know, I don't know, eight or nine out of ten like CEOs are men? So like they surely I mean you've got communication on a personal level but you've got communication on a professional level and mm. if they are unable to communicate like that that would not uh would not work for them in their favor I wouldn't But I think.
0: mean you might be able to communicate your 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 vision on like to your employees but I mean just i don't know what you think of how like rob operates as a business mm. owner or, like how dixon does like mm-hmm. they 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 intertwine like their personal and professional because yeah. to them like their personal goals are their professional goals like yes. that
1: enrichment and that mentoring and stuff that that is very much a function of being a business owner i think yeah, being on that, that side. side yeah but so we were talking about ceos though like mm. it, oh do right. the successful yeah. ceos do that Yeah. Oh. oh, oh, Okay. Yeah. Are they able to
0: communicate that way? Like because because their communication skills are based on communicating their personal goals and
1: visions. Well, true. That's very true. Okay. So that was the ten. Celeste has also written a book so it's called we need to talk <laughs> how to have conversations that matter so i think if you um if you enjoyed this podcast episode and then if you watch the ted talk and enjoyed that um this book kind of goes into to more detail about it and she's she's really funny <laughs> oh she's hilarious yeah. she's so, so funny I, there was, okay there's a part in the ted talk where she's like For, you know you'd read those books and they're like they're like you know, how to show people you're paying attention like nod your head like you know <laughs> those those words of affirmation we said she's like that's just not like it's BS. Yeah. <laughs> she, she was like, um, "There's no need to to learn how to show you're paying attention if you are in fact paying Pay attention." attention. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "That is very true." <laughs> so, uh, and and actually, her so her first TED talk was the one that we spoke about the um, find a, a mission, mm. find a purpose, find a mission, not a. Pu- I cannot. Find, recall. Uh, yeah, finding a, F- a find find a mission, a not a job. job. Yeah, so th- she actually, I think she gave that TED talk first, and then she followed up with the conversation TED talk, and the conversation one I think caught, caught on, got more traction. But it just goes to show that people are yearning for insights into how to communicate better. Yeah, so,
0: and there's all sorts of different ways. Like it's, yeah, can, we've, we've listed ten, but there's – there are so many more. So many. Like the, can I just list? Can I just list them?
1: Yeah, off the top of my head. Yeah, so can like list them. the
0: way that you use the word but. Okay. The way that you uh respond, like what Rob we was saying, like mm-hmm. whether you use the word fine, whatever, like oh, okay. Mm. And ha- and the what the 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 stigma that that carries and mm. the load that you sometimes you don't need to say that much in order because it carries so much like understanding. <laughs> yeah. Um there's like how you phrase certain things like um whether you whether you're putting like positive like kind of like the feedback uh, episode we talked about earlier, like what what you talk about first and what you leave, like, whether you leave a bitter or a sweet taste in the person's mouth when you leave. Um. Yeah, there's
1: just plenty. There's so many. There's Yeah, there really are. There really are so many. But I think, like, it's important. And I remember in the TED Talk, she was like, she, you know, she listed out bang, 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 all, like, the 10. And she's like, like, realistically, you're not going to apply all these 10 from now on. Like, we don't expect all this. Like, from this day on, I'm going to do this, 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 this. But she said that literally if you just choose one and you work and can improve and actively improve in one of those, your conversations will already be miles better than it was before. So, like, like it's interesting because we had different ones that we chose to focus on, but like, you could say, is it life changing? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this was probably the birth of the. Was it the birth of the podcast? No, Maybe it was. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's really it's it's uh, and and we don't go through life not communicating. Everyone communicates, so. It's yeah, there was a, um, a quote that I also read. I also can't remember where
0: it's from, but I really like <laughs> it. all right. So there's three things you need to succeed in practice. Communication, communication, communication. <laughs> so literally, that's, it's, that's why it's so important. Because um, I guess, yes, your job or your role or whatever it is that you do in life, you've got like that functional aspect. But a big proportion of it is human relationships and, and the, how you interact with people and how you communicate your views and also listen to what other people say.
1: No man is an island. Oh, so yes. Everyone lives... <laughs> Cliché. But I, I think... And you can cut this out if it's like a bit harsh. But I think like a lot of people, they kind of... Especially when you're growing up. you. And I hate to always bring stuff back to your childhood. But it's, it's you, you look at the way your parents and your family communicate. Oh. And you just you just model yourself on that. And then you don't realise... <laughs> Do you want to unit. go there? <laughs> I we can go there. It depends how much our listeners want to know. But just reflecting back, it's totally true. It's like... You, you either look at that and you model yourself on that or the like corollary to that is that you look at that and you're like, mm, I don't want to, this is not going to be me. So either way, you are affected by it and you're shaped by it. But I just thought it was an interesting observation just for myself personally, like thinking back. I'm like, eh. It makes sense why I communicate like this because ex-parent <laughs> communicated like this too. Maybe, but I'm also very conscious of like... I don't want to like divulge like too many, but it's like of the style and like what's
0: received and how it's received by whom and stuff. How the parent acts in front of their children, even if they're not communicating to their children, mm-hmm. but if they're communicating with other adults, with mm. each other. Yeah, that yeah. really gets picked up. But all the more how the parent acts toward the child mm. is, can be long lasting.
1: <laughs> and I, I think I've written this up just because I, I guess a lot of people would relate to us having, you know, like being. Interge- Intergeneration what do you call it like like sort of it's a different culture, like like for example, from our generation on if we stay in Australia, like it's the it's more or less the same culture, but it, but having sort of immigrant parents like that can definitely factor in because they bring their whole other culture into it, and communication is a big part of that, and different cultures, as you mentioned, communicate differently and have different contexts, and so yeah, it's about like looking at that and then and may, may or may not unconsciously affect the way that you communicate. But it's a dynamic thing, so you can always work on it. We'll change and adapt <laughs> as you see it. <laughs>
0: so then how have you changed or adapted your communication style, Esther, since learning about all this stuff and like also reflecting on your own perhaps uh, shortcomings, mm. any ways that you've improved?
1: I have definitely become more cognizant of whether people are actively engaged in what I have to say. <laughs> so, But that's a lot easier if you're face-to-face with someone. Um, I'm very conscious now of. I didn't even realize how much I talk. Is that weird? That's probably just very like, <laughs> very unaware. <laughs> like, and I think since people have pointed that out, I'm like, Oh, okay, maybe I talk too much. But then, but then I'm I'm always like actively looking to see if they're actually engaged because. Like, I also don't like when someone just goes on a ramble and they're just, like, talking and, like, you're not even listening and they still want to get it out for the sake of getting it out. So I think, um, A, like, tr- be, being cognizant of how engaged people are in conversations. So that's something I'm actively working on and actively keep in the back of my head. And then I – this just a funniest, like, anecdote when someone was, like <laughs> – like, someone was, like, um, do you ever run out of things to say? Like, is your mind ever, <laughs> like, empty? I'm, like – i don't know <laughs> and then i remember telling this person so they were like because okay so for example if you're in a car ride mm. and like you're the only passenger yeah. do you feel the need to like feel the silence no
0: no you're fine being in silence i know i know i know the person that maybe you're perhaps thinking of that does but <laughs> I, <don't, laughs> I know i'm fine with silence
1: right right and then i remember this, um this saying to someone else um like i i used to get I used to be mildly offended if that person didn't right. say anything because I was like, they just can't be bothered to so, talk isn't that to me. So fascinating because yeah. probably to me, I'm
0: just like, oh, I'm okay. I'm okay, like, I'm okay just yeah. Observing,
1: just chilling. But then the <laughs> other thing is, I've, I, I've spoken to another person and they're like, they want to say stuff, but mm. they don't. They can't think of anything to say. Right. And and that when when they said that to me, I was like, wow. I didn't. I thought I don't gen- I just genuinely thought they just actively chose not to say something so I would take right. like slight offense to it yep. but I didn't it didn't occur to me that sometimes people just don't know what to say yeah. <laughs> I, it was like a weird mind so, what, blowing so
0: are you saying that just topics just come to your mind or you just you, it's, it's not much of an effort for you to have to start a conversation yeah
1: I, I guess I didn't realize that that was weird mm, not weird but that was weird. unusual I okay. I just thought that it's probably very just you know ignorant of me but I just thought that like people who don't say stuff choose actively not to say it because they they can't be bothered, or they just don't want to. It. It's not because they actually genuinely they can't, can't think of anything. Yeah. And then when I learned, I was like, "That's probably that might be why." So yeah, then I'm, yeah. I'm more like, "Oh, okay. I, it's I don't. It's not feel your this- fault that you're not saying anything." <laughs> I, yeah, I, just, I used to always be just aff- not offended. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, well, they just can't be bothered. Yeah. But really, it's a either your situation where they they can, they're fine with the silence, or they generally can't think of anything to mm. say. I'm like, uh, and i remember sense. we had this conversation about small talk uh, like, you know how uh-huh. I, I used to i, I yes. hate small talk i do it because i have to but yeah. I, it just it drives me mad because i find that it's, <laughs> it's a waste <laughs> of time it's never that's actually never bothered me small talk like i know it's useless but i'm like i would rather engage in small talk than it be awkward silence i think that that's why like people have one preference over the other but that's just. I mean,
0: it's not. It's not that I enjoy awkward silence. Oh, it's okay. Just...
1: Silence in general. <laughs>
0: yeah. As in, like, because for me, a conversation is time, and time is. <laughs> valuable mm. so i don't want to waste it talking about <sighs> the weather <laughs> or but then i was like reading some articles and you sent me something as well Why like small talk matters yeah it doesn't matter in, in that that's how you start building rapport with the other person yeah and you like, can't just out. dive straight into like although what are I, your do, I do i there's do there's this big movement called big talk where it's like getting down to the nitty-gritty like where it's getting down to the meaningful things faster so it's big questions like...
1: <laughs> Does that help freak you out if someone you don't know that well just suddenly leaps to that level of questioning? Well, no one's ever done it to me, so I don't
0: know. <laughs> That's probably right. But I guess it's more like if you're in a social situation and you've already done all the small talk and then you've got that gap and you're just like awkwardly trying to fill it. Like, Do you have a, a plethora of like questions in the mm. back of your mind that you can just draw out of and then stimulate the conversation? Or are you just happy continuing to talk about... Your job <laughs> and, like, yeah, your yeah, I su- yeah I suppose
1: it depends on like what context you're in, but yeah so that's my I guess the most interesting part of my communication i i I think since since learning about you know this area more i am I'm more like actively trying to improve the way I communicate with others hmm. and then i I guess I had a newfound appreciation of of how I guess like not everyone like not everyone can. I guess come not come up with stuff, but like some people genuinely they, they're not talking because they don't want to or that because they, they can't think of anything. So prior to so, moving to Sydney you never knew this? I I don't know. <laughs> I I guess because you when you, when you grow up, you you're very you this is before again I, I realise people operate differently to you. Mm. It's like when you realise not everyone is like you because mm. you you live a very like closed sort of close minded life until you realise where everyone operates differently. So when I realised I was like, Okay, maybe I can use this to my not advantage, but like you know, that's if it's the, something the strength of yours, you should play to your strength. Yeah, 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 that's kind of the the idea. And then and then when you when you're more open to people, when you talk about talking, when you talk about communication, people are like, oh, actually no, yeah, this is your strength, this is your weakness. Mm. Like like someone said that you know when they when i when, when I'm walking down the street with them that they just don't have to ever think about what to say. It's like such a relief. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll take that as a compliment. I don't know. It's true though. It's true. I, I, so it lifts yeah. that burden off them. So they're just right. like, oh. okay. I was like, I don't even realize what's happening. But then I also have heard of other people who say they constantly, whenever they're in conversation, people want to escape the conversation. <laughs> now, I don't know if they'll make a specific reference to the conversations with me or just in general. So interesting. I
0: know. I mean, perhaps it, perhaps it's
1: draining to them. Yeah, yeah. And then that's when you realise like not everyone wants. That's why I was like, (gasps) I need to be respectful if I'm in a car with someone and they're not talking and it's because they don't want to. Yeah, that's fine. I just need to know that so I don't ramble on. Yeah. Actually, how do you exit a conversation? how do i exit a conversation yeah, if you're if you've if you've had enough or, or
0: if oh, you just I've, I've had enough yeah it just in general like if you're if you need to move on you're late or something and people they're still talking like I what just do you do literally
1: will say like oh yeah so i just gotta run to something now but it's been great talking or like oh i'll catch up with you later or like we'll continue this later if, if it's a time pressing if it's a boredom issue i generally try to try to express that with my face <laughs> Yes and hopefully if they're um are aware enough <laughs>
0: but sometimes they they don't. Oh, How do you always... exit a conversation? See this is a um Strategy. something that I'm not very strong at. So So you'll just sit in the So I either sit there until the conversation fizzles or I do it really awkwardly.
1: Give <laughs> 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 me a live demo.
0: No, it will just be like it'll fizzle it'll stop and I'll be like okay and then I just like <laughs> maybe, maybe walk away. <laughs> And it's so, it happens so many times where I'm really? like, I'll like walk away or back away and not back away, but like just slowly around. retreat. and then they, the cause I haven't signaled to them that in my head, the conversations ended and ah. they'll just continue. Okay. And then it's so awkward. Cause then I'm like, I'm like maybe another 30, 50 centimeters <laughs> further away <laughs> and I have to like reply That's them. It's pretty obvious that you're wanting to exit. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know. And this happens like, for example, um, when I want to go to the kitchen at work um, Oh and no. there's those like. Doorway corridor
1: yeah, conversations. Oh yeah, that's oh. you just say, oh um yeah. Look, it's been yeah, it's been good. Like yeah, okay, just yeah, I gotta run. That's something Thanks like for that. the chat. See ya. But you just <laughs> you gotta make it just like less awkward. I know, but yeah. it's like I'm like or you just say eating my lunch and I'm opening the fridge door and then, oh, they've got that. Then you say, time. oh, it's good to chat. And people generally, people are perceptive. Blah. Oh, but I've had I've got a really busy day, so you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> see you later. Yes, well, that's something I, need, I think I need to work on. <laughs> yeah, I had not thought of that. Yeah, I, I guess there's some aspects that it just come naturally, and then you just kind of maneuver your way. Mm. I think most people start can start conversations.
0: <laughs> can they? Do you think? <laughs> oh, oh, you're right. Maybe it's yeah. It's I think some people, but oh. it is
1: easier. I guess if the other person is able to hold it, then you just kind of like slip in. <laughs> oh, that's all, I'm all, I'm not good at that. Certainly. Really. Are you? Flipping into another conversation? Yeah, I think it's, I personally think it's... Um, I guess it depends. <laughs> I think people my own age, it's quite, it's easier. Like if I were to try and slip into a conversation with like, say, superiors people older than me, I'd tend to be like, okay, I, I don't know how to seamlessly integrate myself into this. It's like, you know, one of the questions in the um, myers Brig is, it's about like, yeah, if you go into a room, like, do you stand in the middle? Do you stand at the corner? Like, do you enter a conversation with people? I'm like, mm. just like reflect back. What do you do? I mean, I, I, I like talking to new people, Yeah, but I can imagine why people... So if they have got an existing conversation, you're comfortable just inserting yourself? I, I think if, if they look, they're open to talking to you. But the thing is, like, I it's funny, it's apt that you bring this up because a couple of weeks ago, I had to go to a work conference and I I did more networking in those three days than I have in, like, the last three years or something. It was, <laughs> like, every night. And then by, like, the end of it, you, you're kind of, everyone's, like, it's a networking event, right? So yeah. it's like people are there to, to talk to other people. Yeah. yeah, so to insert yourself into a conversation is not weird. Mm. But if you're in like a social setting, maybe that'd be a little more weird. I'd say like if you went to a party mm. and there's people that you know and people that you don't know, you just gravitate towards the people you know? Yeah, or would of course, you want to like yeah. meet new people and mm.
0: like... See it depends. Like I think I'd feel more comfortable. If there are two people that I know but they're already in a conversation. Yeah. But it again, if I'm really close to them, that's fine. I can interject. Yeah. But if I'm not that close to them, but then I see a lone person, oh, you go to the lone. I'll go to the lone person because it's easier to start a conversation. To me, it's easier mm. to start a conversation than to come in halfway.
1: Like, mm. do you think that's a reflection of how how you think of your own conversational skills? I don't know. No, I I don't know. I think it's probably my perception
0: of what uh, and. <laughs> Like, I would get annoyed if someone if I'm having a conversation with someone and then someone else comes in. Oh. So then, if I don't want that to happen to me, I don't want to have to impose <laughs> that on someone else.
1: All right. Well, thank you for listening to the end of this episode. Um, and also, I, w- I like to say that, like, I think, uh, like, learning, like, doing this podcast is, has made us think more about because essentially, what's what we're doing on a on a weekly or bi-weekly basis or, or monthly, <laughs> whatever the um, frequency, because it's. Like, it's one thing to, to read stuff and to, to know ideas, but it's another thing to articulate that in, in this kind of forum. So it, it has helped us, I think, think about the way we communicate and also because we have to listen back to ourselves. I'm highly aware of my Painful process. annoying text. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. So hopefully you found it interesting and useful and, uh, and any, any, provide any feedback if you wish there's plenty of other things that you can do yes it's not an exhaustive list this is just a, a list that can start you off mm. and, and each to their
0: own i think like mm. like we said before we like, we each have our strengths and we each have our weaknesses so <laughs> talking too much <laughs> <laughs> not talking enough
1: <laughs> so we balance each other out yeah yeah
0: or <laughs> well, at least being aware of it i think yeah. so yeah, yeah i just to hear if anyone else says other things that they find yep. worth tip for
1: them yep uh, cool. okay yeah.